I'm going to take a little bit of a um, kind of a take like Rick did yesterday is um, I'm going to share kind of where I've been studying as well, um, just because I'm really familiar with this. And so we're going to title today's The Warrior's Prayer. Um, but it's it's a familiar chapter. I think all of you know Ephesians 6, and I've been spending a lot of time this past month studying um, the armor of God. Um, and Paul sets the stage here that, that we're really at war, and I think we understand that. Um, and he gives us the instructions. He gives us this mental image of the, the things that we should be clothed with, including the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, sandals of the gospel, peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And it kind of gives us this mental image of, of a soldier that's, that's clad and ready to go. But the part that, that really has struck me is, is the verses that follow. And, and to kind of set the stage here, you know, if we look at the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament, um, it's clear that the battles that are fought on the strength of the warrior were doomed from the start. When, when they would go to battle and do it on their own, uh, their own volition, their own, their own way, it didn't work so well. But the battles that were fought on the strength of the Lord were destined to victory. And I just quickly grabbed four of them last night when I was just thinking through this. You know, you think about Abraham, untrained men, when they went out against the kings that had made war against Sodom and Gomorrah. There were 318 men, and they won a great victory. Um, Joshua defeated the city of Jericho without even attacking. Uh, Gideon had his army pared down to 300 men, and they were delivered uh, from Midian. Uh, we can think of King Hezekiah, uh, who defeated the Assyrians, um, and explain the victory this way. He said, with him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And so Paul would have known this history well. I mean, he was, he was born Jewish. He was raised understanding the scriptures. And so I don't think it's an accident that he ends this whole discussion on preparing for battle with his admonition or encouragement to pray and that instruction. So in verses um, 18 and 19 of Ephesians 6, we read, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, the utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And as we look through those two verses, um, there are seven things that I can pull out of there. Now, I shouldn't say I can pull out of there. There's seven things that can be pulled from that. And um, we'll, we'll kind of step through them here. I think the first one is persistence. Um, you know, notice in there, there's um, the word all is used four times in verse 18. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's accidental. I think it's Paul's trying to kind of build this comprehensive start to this that, you know, there's, we should never give up, you know, praying for all saints and for ourselves and at all times and in all places and all situations. It's not just reserved for some sort of special time. We should, we should um, do it with, with a sense of persistence. Um, you know, think about it this way. We don't move in and out of God's presence. We live there or we should live there. We don't need to wait for that specific time, but we need to be persistent going on in prayer. Um, and, and when we have that persistence, it's, it's really about becoming who God wants us to be. Um, maybe not so much about getting what we want. And sometimes I think that can be a challenge, especially for people that are young believers, is knowing how to approach God and, and how to become, you know, part of his presence on a continual basis. The second thing we see there is, is what I'm going to call the possibilities 
And Paul gives us this list of possibilities. And I like to think about it as, you know, where are the possibilities of prayer? And he, he points out we can pray on all occasions. Um, you know, is there any situation that doesn't um, or that it would not be appropriate to pray in? And if, if that answer is yes somewhere, then it's probably a place we shouldn't be. But, but in every aspect of our life, wherever we are, there's, there's an occasion to pray. We're to pray in all places. Um, there's no place it should be excluded. But think about this. We've, as a society, have pulled prayer back from so many different things. And we kind of see the result from that is, so it, it is really there to, to pray always. Um, we're to pray in all phases of life, whether that's prosperity or adversity. Um, sometimes it's easier, at least for me, to pray when I'm struggling. I don't know about you. Uh, but it's it's really important to remember that no matter what phase we're in, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley, there's there's a place or or in between. There's a there's a place and a time for prayer. Um, we are to pray for all things. Now there's a balance here. I think God does give us a mind and He gives us wisdom and maturity that you know there's not every little thing to bring before Him. But at the same time, we should approach to God or we should feel comfortable approaching God as a young child would approach their father. You know, look, think about the things I, you know, I, my kids are older now and I see some of my nieces and nephews that will come and, and you see that in real life where they'll approach dad and they'll ask him for something. And there's, there's this, there's, there's no inhibitions. There's nothing that's preventing them from asking someone that they know loves them for something that they, that they want and need. And so I, I think it's really important for us as Christians and believers to be able to approach that, um, you know, I, I, I think that can be as, as something as as important as when Peter was sinking on the Sea of Galilee there, saying, Lord, save me, um, to, to asking God how to help us take kind of that next step on something that might seem, you know, fairly fairly minor here. But again, be willing to bring it to him. Third is petition. Um, Paul uses the word supplication here in this prayer, um, which means to ask, but God knows what we need. But as, as Rick mentioned yesterday, you know, that the verses of Matthew, ask, seek, and knock. God does command us to bring it to him. He does command us to, to bring our cares and our thoughts. Fourth is power. Uh, we are to pray in the Spirit. I think we all understand that power comes from the Holy Spirit working through us. Fifth is uh, precision. Now, Paul says it this way. He says, be watching thereunto. And, you know, we need to be watchful in prayer. I think being careful about those things that could hinder or disrupt our prayers. Um, the model here. Obviously, it would be the, the Sermon on the Mount where Christ covers, you know, in our prayers, having that that blend of praise, thanksgiving, our daily sustenance, you know, how we bring that to God. Um, but also think about this is I think we can become trapped at times if we're not careful to praying like the Pharisee did in Luke 18, who he used prayer to instruct, instruct God on how things needed to be done, instruct God on how good he was doing. And I, I, I don't suggest that any of us are there, but I think it is a place to be watchful. And be really precise. What are we asking for? And is it in accordance to the will of God? Sixth is perseverance. Um, Paul says with all perseverance, this gives the idea that we're not only holding on to God, but we're also holding out and waiting for him to come and answer. Um, so we shouldn't faint. We shouldn't yield. Shouldn't be distracted or deterred. And for me, it's kind of interesting. And that's why I use those four words here is sometimes I feel like, depending on the phase I am in life, is sometimes it's distraction that, that kills my perseverance. Other times it's a lack of faith, and I just tend to faint or yield. And that always tends to move with what I'm struggling with at the time. 
Um, maybe it's different for you, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting when I thought through the perseverance part. Again, prayer, I'll leave you with this thought here. Prayer is not about feeling like praying, but it's about persevering through those times when we don't want to pray. And there are times I know when I feel that that burden of not really wanting to pray. It's like, well, does it do any good? And yet I have to be reminded that God does want us to persevere. And then the last thing that's in this prayer is the purpose. And, you know, Paul touches on this a little bit. He says to pray for all the saints and for me, that, that he can have boldness to preach the gospel and proclaim that mystery of the gospel. You know, prayer a lot of times is about intercession, um, not only for us, but also for others to accomplish God's purpose in life. I mean, I do think, you know, that it's often, often been said that when we look at the missionary field, there's those that go into the well, but there's also those that hold the rope. And so there's a place for us to, to really have a purpose. Maybe we're not out on the front lines at times, um, but, but to be praying for the gospel to advance. Um, you know, all of us as saints have a particular calling, a purpose that's been ordained by God. And so it's, it's important that we're faithful in praying for that purpose and understanding what he's called us for.